Welcome to another episode of Keep the Kayfabe. I'm Mike and I'm sitting here with my buddies. Let's just introduce you to the rest of the game. Always keeping it regal up in Glendale, Steve Grobschmidt. It's me. It's me. It's Stevie G. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. And uh, hanging out down in Bayview, staying freshly squeezed, Matt Michelson. <laughs> That was my best yeah. Orange Cassidy. <laughs> nice. Pretty good. Yeah, very good. The week thumbs up. And we are very excited to have our good buddy Charlie on the show Finally. again. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. How's life, this Charlie? Is, good? Not bad. No complaints. Awesome. This is how the ratings spike. We brought Charlie yep. in. We did, we're exactly. sagging in the ratings are in the 18 to 49 demo. So yeah, we brought Charlie in. The demo that I'm out of. Yeah, they're really going to tune in the CD. Carrier me. Well, being this is episode five, I'm sure we're still sagging in every demo right now. But that's yeah. okay. We got Charlie. He's going to take us. I have time. Next level. Next level. Yeah. Big time. I'm our David. All right. I'm well, we had a pretty pretty good uh, bounce back after all out a lot of people didn't like the show obviously there was a lot of hiccups to uh aw all out but they came back really strong on AEW dynamite uh probably the biggest storyline that happened was uh the announcement of formerly known as rusev now miro being added to the aew roster uh, we thought he might have made his uh, appearance in the Casino Battle Royale, but they saved it for AEW Dynamite. I thought that was a smart move. Guys, what did you think of the big reveal? I really liked it. I, I'll admit, I'm not a huge fan of Kip Sabian. Um, I mean, I've seen him on a few times, and he seems to be good in the ring, but let's be honest, it's AEW who isn't good in the ring. Um, don't answer that question, though, because I'm sure there are some answers. But Miro came out sort of as the best man for Kip Sabian, uh, is a total surprise, which if you didn't love Rusev and Rusev Day, like you love Miro, like he, he's instantly over with the fans. And I think he gives a little bit of that rub to Kip Sabian too. Right. I think, um, yeah, the only thing I think about that is that I don't see them staying together long. I, there's so yeah. many monster heels in AEW that I think Miro has to be a, a face. That's just my opinion. And yeah, I think at some point Sabian's going to glom onto him, do his heelish, you know, like just ticking him off one little by little. And then he's going to turn on him and uh, go on to like be a face. I don't know. It's just, you know, there's so many big guys there. Like, I feel like mm -hmm. they're stacked on that. And he's and so Penelope, popular. Is Penelope, uh, is it Cruz? Not Cruz. Oh my God. Penelope Ford. Ford. Ford yeah. uh, Soon to be that's Sabian. That's his girl, right? Yeah, real life. Yeah. 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 yeah, that would be funny if they shuffled her with Miro, kind of like flip flop it the way they did with Lana and Rusev back ah. in WWE. Had them get together. Yeah, Bobby Lashley shows up. Angles, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the other big story: uh, NXT uh, has a new top guy, uh, formerly on the WWE main roster, now has been down on NXT. Yep, <laughs> Charlie's giving me the the guns. The, the, bullet club, the Bullet Club guns. Ben Balor, now the NXT. NXT champion. I'm pretty excited about this, actually. Yeah, it's a yeah, great a choice. Move. I would have I given it to Ciampa, but I thought, I, I thought Balor would be this is a good move on it. Totally. You talk about one of those cases where somebody was it. brilliant in NXT, and then they moved him up to the roster. He would have been. I think, you know, he was tra his he trajectory hurt. was good on the yeah. main roster, but then – Seth Rollins and his reckless exactly. buckle bombs put an end yep. to that. And then um, he just wallowed, you know. And then, so I think he belongs. In, I mean, if he's going to stay with that company, he's yep. perfect for NXT. And, um, yep. yeah, you know, he, he's going to hold that title well until the, either Cross comes back or they do something else. Yeah, I wonder what the big or who the next big 
guy they're going to give it to is, yeah. How long is cross out? I don't know. I heard that takes a while to heal up, that that shoulder thing. I don't think it's going to be like a month or two. I think it's going to be a while. Yeah. Oof. Pretty damaging after they invested all that time and money and put the bat on. I mean, it's literally just like the story of when they really get excited about these guys and something bad happens and it just crushes the whole storyline. So they're putting the pieces back together. But I think Finn is a really good life raft right now for uh, NXT. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. It, it, it keeps it fresh, too. Exactly. Because you didn't see the belt going back on Adam Cole. That was a really good match. I don't I know thought if you guys maybe, caught uh, it. Yeah. I thought yeah. the punter was going to interfere, but he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Go pet. That's good. That's good. Up. Yeah, that's good booking to keep it. Keep it interesting and fresh. Don't give it back to a guy you just get, who just lost it. Yeah, exactly. Know? I agree with that. Big time. So, yeah, I might be tune, tuning into a little bit more NXT lately now. Yeah. Uh, I, wish they, I wish they'd go on Tuesday nights, man. I would be, it would be so good, you know. So, that's actually interesting. So, I, I mean, I have one theory, and it's just, you know, conspiracy theory kind of like. But – I was uh, I was reading some tweets and they were talking. Okay, so I mean that's the I guess the other story from last week is AEW recrossed a million on viewers, which is yep. huge. Yeah, um, off a of, off a of mediocre right, pay per view. Right. right. So um, the question is, you know, somebody was saying like if they keep things the way they are separate and AEW's trajectory is going up and Raw's doing what it's doing, oh, is yeah. it conceivable that AEW's ratings could eclipse Raw's? Which made me think, would Vince keep NXT against it to sort of governor it, you know, like kind of oh, yeah. like, like oh, yeah. keep it stymied and not like kind of sacrificial lamb. It's a game of chess. You have NXT as the pawn that keeps AEW in check. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I, that seems plausible. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I totally thought about that too, Steve. I mean, we saw, I think the last couple of weeks now, um, NXT and AEW have run unopposed against each other. And NXT's ratings have been really good too. I think last week, yeah. 800,000 viewers, which is quite a bit more than usual. Um, because I have to imagine there's a lot of overlap between the people who watch both shows. So on nights where they do run against each other, you see the ratings for each show kind of start to dwindle a little bit. Um, now, granted, it would be kind of awesome if all the people who watch both shows watched AEW and NXT, even if they were on separate nights. Um, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting question. I do think I wouldn't put it past Vince to put NXT on the same night as AEW just to keep their ratings at bay so that they don't eclipse raw. Um, it, It makes sense from a business standpoint, like all the TV money is coming from either USA or Fox. So the more viewers that Vince can keep on, you know, Monday night raw, the better. Um, but it's also helping them even running on different nights against with NXT unopposed because NXT is getting more viewers than too. So USA has got to be happy. So we have USA seeing higher numbers for NXT when they run on Tuesdays, but you got to imagine Vince doesn't care. He just wants to fight AEW. So, well, you, you do bring up a good point though. It's not as much as Vince runs WWE it's not entirely up to him. I mean, if USA Network says we're moving this to Tuesday because we're better ratings, they might win out on that. So, I mean, you know, they want better ratings. They're not – and their demographics aren't, you know – they're not winning the war on Wednesday. I mean, I it's close, but they're not winning it. So, mm-hmm. maybe you win another night. True. Right. Well, as we've seen um... – all, you mentioned earlier that All Out was kind of a mediocre show. That was kind of AEW's um, first kind of hiccups, I think. Kind of a bumpy pay-per-view for them. We ha- really haven't seen. And for 50 bucks, that was kind of a, you know, a pricey – it just didn't get its footing. And I think yeah. a lot of it has to do with uh, how the announcers kind of responded to the Sami Guevara and Matt Hardy match. You could kind of tell JR and Shivani were pretty pissed off. And, uh, you know, we're kind of calling it out. And I just think the rest of the night was just kind of off from there. And they had to fill a lot of time. And so my point to that is just how important and how valuable announcers are for a great wrestling show. Um, you can't really understate their importance enough. They're really their eyes and ears. 
um, you know, the, the people watching at home, they have to sell everything uh, at the table. They're pretty, I almost think they're the most important people on the show when you have a wrestling event. And there's been so many over the years. Uh, so many have tried to do it. So many have failed. But there's a lot that have done it really well. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Some of the greatest wrestling announcers uh, that have ever done it. And there's a lot of them. It, it should be a fun one. If anybody's got a name in mind that they want to throw out there to get the ball rolling, have at it. Well, Mike, since you were just talking about JR and Tony Schiavone, I'd feel remiss if we didn't just kick it off with uh, JR in my case. So if you've listened to the show for a few episodes now, you probably have figured out I'm a, kind of a WWE guy. At least I was once upon a time. Um, so JR in 2020 is interesting because kind of like you've seen on AEW, sometimes he won't necessarily put over the wrestlers as much as he should. But if you go back to 1998, 1999, all the way up to about, I would say, 2001, 2002, when the Attitude Era sort of officially started to wind down, um, JR was the voice of that entire era. He right. put over wrestlers left and right. I think what made it so great was JR would always say the things that you as the fan cheering for the baby face were thinking, right? Like if Stone Cold Steve Austin got screwed over by Mr. McMahon one week, JR was pointing it out. And he was legitimately, or at least what seemed like legitimately pissed off about it. So it really kind of echoed the sentiment of the viewers at the time, I think, which just made him that much more compelling on the show and what added to the show yeah without a doubt he sold he sells it as he sold it as a legit sport and those sort of things him and the king probably probably the best announcing team probably of all time when you when Agreed. you when you when you can when you think about it you know i mean Vincent, Vince was really good on, you know, Vince was really good back in when he was doing announcing in the back in the day, to be honest, in my opinion. He was. But, yeah, yeah, I agree with He that. was really good. Yeah, the but. Straight man. Yep. Yeah, he played he, it good and he played the goofy roles at the time. He did good interviews. If you go back and watch some of that stuff, it's it's really good. Like him with him and Macho and all those guys, he, he did it good. You know, he did a really good job, but, you know. Yeah, Vince was greatest. honestly my favorite. Like yep. when I was little, um, like whenever he would open the show, welcome everyone. Yeah, yeah, Detroit, yeah. It was just signature, yep. you know, and yep. he just had yep. so many like little uh, great things that he would do yep. in the match. Like one, two, and new champion. No, yep. he kicked out and letting yeah, he just, yeah. He, yeah, he, he was had, really good. He was a dark horse, man, as far as greatest announcers goes. Yep. Him and Lawler were hilarious. He would yeah. just, oh, be, yeah. oh yep. come yep. on now, okay, no. Like he was, he was kind of like an old woman, to yep. like next to a dirty old man being Jerry oh, the totally. King Waller. And yep. every oh, time yeah. he would say something, he'd be like, my gosh, oh, my goodness. But, yeah, yep. he had that scoff. But, yeah, JR and Lawler were probably the greatest of all time. But Vince and Lawler, they were pretty – I mean, for me, yep. the mid-'90s were super fun. And uh, what really made me fall in love with wrestling. And, yeah, as much as yep. – you know, and it's funny you say that about Vince, Charlie, because I know he's yeah. kind of your nemesis. Oh, no, he was good. I mean, when you go back, like I said, you go back and watch that stuff. He was he was good at what he did. He he, he was doing that good. I just, his business practices and the way he treats people as, as uh, you know, how he treated uh, Briscoe this last week, canning him after 30 plus years with the company. You know, it's like, you can't just give him like a, a retainer package, like like uh, Cornette was saying, saying send them two, three thousand bucks bucks a month just uh, on a retainer just to keep them. Do you and think that's? Do you, do you guys think that's not happening? Because I think that's happening. Like a severance at least, right? Oh, I'm sure he gets oh, yeah, a severance. Totally. Yeah, and I'm sure. I mean, hopefully, I'm sure he manages money well. But you know, just to put them out and make an announcement about it. But you know, that's yeah. I guess that's. Well, I guess they dropped Trumpianism. Like, I heard that they like like eighty or something people they've caught recently. Yeah, like it's. I thought they were doing great. Yeah, well, you, hey, the more more you know, it goes back to the whole. The more money I have, the more the more I pay out, the, the more I pay out, the less I have. So he's got right. that that kind of mentality. Yeah, um, yeah. it's funny though. Uh, like I just where I show my age too. Uh, like you guys talked about Vince being a great announcer, and my brain went to the eighties. I think yeah, well because Vince, about that too. Vince yeah. and Jesse 
were great Jesse together. Was, they were good. Yeah. Vince was the straight man, and it's like I just remember, like you know, Jesse would be doing all the questionable things, like like um, making fun of Chico Santana, and then every oh, yeah. time Vince would like deadpan say, "I believe that's Tito." And yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah, Chico. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I mean, but uh, I mean, I, yeah, I Vince go... was a great play-by-play at the time in the eighties. Oh yeah. If I had I'll even go back a little Vince farther because I'm a little older than you guys. Gorilla and Lord mm. Alfred Hayes were great. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to describe Vince's style, um, I think the best way to describe it is as a 90-year-old man turned up to 100. Yeah, because <laughs> if you think about it, like his voice always sounded strained. But and like he was yelling at the top of his lungs, but it never came across, you know, your TV that way. It was like, he's climbing up to the top rope. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, he would go from like upstairs to downstairs in like a second. Yes, it was great. I loved it how he would get the crowd just kind of going, and then he would just drop you one, two, a new champion. No, and he would do it like fifty times a match too. Yeah, gotta love it. (laughs) Selling it, gotcha every time. I tell you, you since just to get the old school out of the way. I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up a favorite from when I was younger, Gordon Soley. Like oh, he yeah, was Gordon just was the elder statesman. He just, I mean, it was like you were listening to a very, not only legitimate sporting event, but like sort of a uh, refined sporting event. Cause he yeah. had that, just that voice. And I, what I didn't realize at the time, that half the time he was, Hammered. But, uh... I, I, I didn't realize he was such a big yeah, drinker, dude. Was, dude. Like, crazy. Was like, like a suplex instead of a suplex. That was like one of his little unique things. Oh, yeah. and, but he was, I mean, if you if you listen to like, it's just, it, I don't know. It's yep. like what a calming thing. He did the 70s and it well into the 80s. Like, I think, you know, he was still announcing in the late oh, 80s. Yeah. But yeah. in, in NWA, WCW. But I think he also did, like, World Class, maybe, or something. But, uh, yeah, he was great. And um, it's often cited by the uh, Shivani's and um, um, Rosses as, like, an inspiration. Right. Yeah. What a dream job, too, to just get buckled at ringside, <laughs> yeah, best yeah. seat in the house, and just call, you know, matches. I, I mean, that would honestly be, like, just a great, awesome gig. Just getting yeah. waffled watching yeah, wrestling. Here's, another, here's another good one that was around that time. You guys probably you have to go out there and look at it. But there's a guy called Lance Russell. Yeah. He did Memphis Wrestling. He was great, too, because he would, come on, King. You know, he would sell it, too. He was just, he was great. You know, for his time, you know, that's that's when I was a kid. But I tell you, I tell you another one you guys might not have. That's a little more, little more modern, but he's not. He was, um, what's he was Mauro Mauro Ronello before Mauro was um, Joey Styles. Oh yeah, he was oh yeah, insane in ACW. Oh my God, he, you know Charlie. he would, and he did it, and he he would do those matches by himself. That's right. You know? and he was when you so look at the three, you look at the three four man yep. booths of nowadays, like and yep. think like yeah, doing it by himself. He was doing it by himself, dude. He was awesome. He he kind of sold. I mean, obviously, I like that kind of style of wrestling they were doing ECW in the stories, but I mean, he him announcing would sell it too. He was great. You know, he played yeah. straight man, comedy, serious. He, and he, he would did, interview he people yep. like in the ring all. beforehand. Like he had like yep. a huge job. Yeah. So he much pressure all. on him too. Yep. Cause like ECW was like, you know, on a, such a fine tightrope, like oh, yeah. going to disaster or successful. Yep. Like he, I think he probably had the hardest job maybe in yeah, that he, whole promotion. Yep. So For sure. Charlie, you mentioned Mauro Ronaldo, and I feel bad if we didn't talk about the king of Mamma Mia, if we didn't yep. actually talk about some of the quips that he had. Because honestly, oh, he's great. I know a yeah. lot of people, it's interesting, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, which we do, being we have a podcast, Mauro Ronaldo was fantastic, I think. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. Back in the modern Totally era, agree. Probably. Yeah. And I think in some of his later times in NXT before he left, um, I think he was a little bit too much over scripted and it started to get a little old after a while. Yep. I know there were right. some people who really hated his pop culture references, like even from the, oh, which I love, I'd love it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, so it kind of caught me off guard, but yeah, he definitely for me was kind of the voice of NXT and probably will be for some time until they find, 
you know, like a suitable replacement. And I know that I, oh, yeah. now they have Wade Barrett. Um, formerly he's who did he's good. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah. really he's, good. Yeah. I really he's like real him good. a lot. He was good in NWA when they brought him in yep. to replace, replace Cornette. Yep. Oh yeah. He's, he's good. He's, he's got it. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I gotta, you know, I gotta finish up the old school here too, but, uh, <laughs> For its time, I'm not saying these guys are like the best of all time, but you know, in the formative Monday Night Wars, I really liked. Well, Shivani, I'm a huge fan of it. I still am. But Zabisco is really good in the uh, in the Nitro era, and Bobby the yep. Brain and Shivani. I oh, mean, I was gonna mention those, that too. those pairings. Just, I mean, that helped really. You know, and I just um, Zabisco was like he kind of, oh, actually Larry like, Zabisco was great. Yeah, he was great, dude. And it wasn't he was really good. He, he was so good. Yeah, and by the time Nitro came along, it wasn't the old school yeah. like uh, like oh, he was Ventura and that where they were like so over the top English. Yep. I mean, yep. Zabisco and Heenan, yep. uh, flirted yeah, with it, but they were yep. mostly in the middle, and it was yeah, it, Zabisco was, it was really the right good. time. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I just remember. I'll never forget his call when the NWO attacked, and then uh, Nash picked up uh, Mysterio and threw him into the side of the truck, and it <laughs> yeah, was like he dart. threw him like a dart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great. He was just yeah, he had it down, and um, yeah, no, I thought I thought Nitro's announcing lent to its success, um, and Shivani, I mean, by his own admission, kind of got tired and like mailed it in near the end yeah. but he still was like it's just such yeah. a great voice i don't know to me it's I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not <laughs> foolish i'm not gonna say he's better than jr in the grand scheme yeah. of things but if you asked for like who's my favorite voice of wrestling of all time for me it's shivani yeah his nwa stuff with, um with you know when they were um you know georgia championship wrestling and all that with you know with the horsemen and all that stuff and dusty that was his. That was his golden era. He was great. Yeah. You know, yeah. He was. He was great. He did all those. And he's in classic Ric Flair interviews. Shivani. Oh yeah, him. yeah. You know, it was Shivani. Um, okay. since you know you brought up Marmaro and the some people not liking him, which I also agree. I think is nonsense. I think he's great. Somebody, if I, if I may bring up a somebody that I once thought was going to be an all time great, and now I don't. It's uh. <laughs> It's Graves. Graves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thought, yeah. So when he was at yeah. NXT, I thought he was outstanding. And at the time, mm-hmm. even at his young age, I'm like, this guy's going to be an all-time great. But then yep. I think it's the overly, you know, or overly in the ear thing on the main roster. Yep. I can't stand Graves now. Like, I, yeah, like, I know. I, I, I can't, like, because it's just so phony and over the yeah. top. Yeah. Like he's like he's got that JBL thing going where he'll yeah. just back the heels in an absurd like what are you looking at sort of way versus yeah, it's like in NXT ridiculous. he was just he was natural yeah. but there's nothing natural about him now. I totally agree. I think that's sort of the trap that a lot of people fall into on the main roster and now more so on NXT as well, which yeah. is kind of concerning. But I do think with Corey Graves, when he was in NXT, totally agree. He was awesome. Um, even on the main roster, like when he first got moved up, I thought he good. did a great job. Really good, he fit yeah. in really well on Raw. And I started to think the same. Yeah, thing. in the beginning. Yep. Um, but then I think the maybe the, I remember the moment when I started to think, uh-oh, yeah, I think it's starting to go downhill. Jump the shark. Uh, yeah, they definitely jumped the shark. Uh, one night, I forget if it was on Raw or a pay-per-view. It was a few years back now. But he used the line, if you can't breathe, you can't fight um, for the first time. And I remember thinking, that's straight out of the Karate Kid, but whatever, that's cool. Ah. But I think it was probably the fifth time he said it, I started to go, okay, this, he, they're hooking Enough. on this <laughs> line. Like, yeah, he's starting to get a little too comfortable in this role. And unfortunately, yeah. I don't think he's really rebounded or made an effort to, you know, try and get back to thinking more on his feet. Yeah. Plus, I love, when he's, I love uh, Byron Saxon. He's great. <laughs> you almost for like a half a second you had me. Like, what the hell is he talking about? He's terrible. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that, Charlie, because like I was about to spit out my drink. <laughs> I love Byron. I hope said no one serious. said no one other than Byron's mother. Yeah. Hell Even yeah. that's a stretch. And I can't uh, I don't know how I don't know how he keeps a job, which is amazing, but he must be really good behind the scenes with uh are tight with Vince because 
I would get that guy off TV faster than I could, <laughs> fast as I could. Right. And what do you guys think of Michael Cole? I mean, he's had like a long career and he's kind of been put in a tough spot to follow uh, Jerry JR. and uh, JR. Yeah. And he's just so vanilla. Yeah, he's, there's nothing really bad. There's he's not exactly so much, but there's nothing really good. It's he's gonna be a Hall of bad. Famer, mm-hmm. even though that doesn't hold like a lot of water anymore. I mean, but he's definitely gonna be a Hall of Famer because of his longevity. Yeah, yeah I, but, uh, I I agree. I think he's very vanilla. At the same time, I think WWE's strategy is you have this guy who's very vanilla but very polished, kind of as your yeah. focal point, right? And then yeah. if you're gonna run a three man booth, which they typically do. Um, you know, you can get someone who's very colorful and backs the heel and then a third person, which I feel like they've sort of taken to be the role of someone they want to develop into more of a full-time commentator, unfortunately, um, and not someone who necessarily argues so much with the heel. Um, Michael Cole is just kind of the man caught in the middle. I think in the late nineties, when Michael Cole was doing backstage interviews, oh, I thought it was, was great. great. With stuff with the great. rock. Oh yeah. He was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, since getting put on as the main commentator, um, a, a lot of people don't like him. I agree he's very vanilla, but I do think he's very polished. Did you guys know before getting into commentary, he was actually a reporter um, in Bosnia, I think it was? I didn't know. I know he was doing stuff professionally before. Yeah, and it, it, once, you, once you start to hear, I think, I forget who it was who interviewed him. I want to say it was on Talk as Jericho quite a while back. Um, don't quote me on that, though, but... He, Michael Cole gives the whole story about his background in media and news, and it's really interesting. Like, he is legit um, and mm. definitely was when he first got into wrestling. Like, did not know a thing about wrestling, but figured it out and then kind of brought his own style to it. You know, i also say something like, you know, I never was, for all the reasons we're talking about, I was never overly enamored of him. I always thought he was just, you know, just conditioned by Vince to say what the company wants him to say. But oh, yeah. in one of those... WWE Network specials. I forget if it was like, it was one of the tournaments. Uh, he was doing it. And I think it might have been the UK tournament. Does that sound right? Like the first time they did the UK thing, it was a tournament, yeah. right? And yeah, he did yeah. it. And you could tell because Vin, I'm sure Vince wasn't involved in that at all. He was just kind of more natural. And I remember watching that entire event thinking, holy crap, like this is really good announcing from from Cole so it's like you know it's that classic thing he's super he's got Vince in his ear and he's he's a certain way but I think if he wasn't allowed if he was allowed to be his own like I think he'd be a lot more palatable to people like us that aren't you know tried and true you know brainwashed WWE yeah but that tournament really like I was like wow he's good yeah I agree I think so you bring up a good point with being overly scripted versus unscripted Right. And, and I think for that UK tournament, yeah, I remember the same thing where I thought, wow, Michael Cole seems like he's genuinely into this. Um, there was some, I think I was listening to the What Culture Wrestling podcast recently, and they were talking about the AEW All Out show and just some of the comments JR was making and kind of, you know, burying some of the content on the show. And, you know, I can understand it because it was kind of like Mike mentioned in the beginning, it was a little bit of a bumpy show, but. I think it should still be JR's main focus to try and take anything that isn't going well and at least try to explain it and move forward. Right. Um, right. Whereas I feel like lately he's been dwelling on things a lot. So I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know. Is it AEW gives him, you know, some kind of some guardrails to make sure that, you know, that happens. Is it, you know, they kind of really let him off the leash. I don't know. I think he's just getting old. I just think he's seen so much and, and has been involved in so much of wrestling. I would honestly put JR as like the godfather of wrestling, just for all the talent he's recruited, the relationships he's established, the calls that he's made on these huge matches over the years. I mean, transitioning to AEW. I mean, he was in WCW really early on. And, oh, yeah. you know, so the many other promotions. Oh, and, and stuff before New that. Japan. Yeah. Mid-South. Yeah, His was... Mid-South stuff was great. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah. I mean, the list, the list is endless. So I think, like, the dude has just seen it all and done it all. So he's just like, you know what? I'm getting paid by Blue Chew. I got my barbecue books. I got my sauces. We're grilling with JR. I can say whatever I want. And that's yeah. kind of what he is doing. But no it's kind of a little – it's a little irresponsible. And I think that like Charlie, I think we were talking about this in a group text. You were saying it like, he's kind of like 
getting a little old, kind of past his prime. And I think that's right. I mean, when AEW is kind of, it's not an infant anymore. It's not a bit, it's like, it's a toddler now. It's like, you, it, it has a little bit of responsibility now. You can't be like, oh, look at the new wrestling promotion. You need, like, as I was saying in the beginning of the show, like, you need the announcers to be selling at all times. And I think, uh, yeah, JR's just getting a little tired. And as much as I hate to say that, just for all he's given to wrestling and um, just the, you know, benchmark matches that he's called, I think he needs to get a little less of a role on AEW, but that's my opinion. Well, and you got yeah. you got you got some people in the wings that could easily. I mean, Jericho could. He's not play by play, but he you know mm-hmm. he's got a Color. future in announcing. Taz mm-hmm. is excellent. Like oh, yeah. I like Taz. Yeah, he's yeah. a WWE. You know, so he got he knows he learned how to do way. it. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think I'm glad. I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad Excalibur's back after his little time off. But right. uh, I think he, I think he brings a lot to the show. He does. He does bring a lot. Cause I was like, with him being gone, and I was watching it last when he came back, and this week, and I'm like, wow, he really brings a lot to it because he knows a lot about the independent scene and what those guys were doing. And if you look, mm-hmm. go to listen, watch some PWG shows, it's him and another guy doing it. It's just he, he he's just really good. Even though he, I don't, Cornette doesn't like his mask. But he reminds great. me of somebody that I can't believe we went this deep into the conversation without talking about Mike Tanay in, in, in WCW. He filled that role. It's like, you know, they're bringing yep. in all those luchadors and all those oh, guys. Yeah, and he knew Japan, all those guys. And he yep. could explain all the moves and all that. Yep. I think Excalibur yep. is like the next That's generation X, yep. of Mike Tanay. Oh yeah. Can, can you tell me where he came from? Was he just a former wrestler with that mask? But he was didn't a, he like he, run promotions or something? Yeah, he was a he, he was a wrestler. I think um, I think he was part owner in PWG. Yeah, that's what I read group. too. Yeah, so and he was doing all the stuff there, and he's but he started as a wrestler, and he got into PWG, and you know, and that's kind of how, and you know, he became he's friends with the Bucks. All those guys know each other, so that's how he got the gig. And he, yeah. if you go back and look at some of the PWG shows, he's he's great. You know, you can see why they why they snagged him to come up. You know, I wasn't feeling him at first, but I now that yep. um, I've kind of gotten used to him a little more and kind of yep. understand his vibe. He he, and he was probably the most positive guy that was on All Out out of the three, Shivani and Jr. Yep. Uh, on that show, and he tried to save it, but you yep. know two against one kind of two vets kind of against a greener announcer that's going to yep. happen. Yep. But, um, so we've talked a lot about uh, wrestlers from the old school or excuse me, announcers from the old school, along with folks from the attitude era, some more modern day commentators. Um, I think there's one person who is very recent uh, doing more and more commentary and that's Samoa Joe. I think he's been doing a great job on commentary personally. Um, I, part of that might still be it's fresh. His material hasn't been heard a million times yet. Yeah. He's kind of got a natural flow to the way he says yeah. things. He's very relaxed, but also insightful in what he talks about. Um, I think my favorite Samoa Joe commentary line so far has to be from the eye for an eye match that occurred recently <laughs> when Ray Mysterio lost his eye and Samoa Joe kind of just, it's sort of like how JR's line of good God almighty, they killed him just lives on forever. <laughs> For Samoa Joe, it's it's out. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. Yeah, when you get that turd sandwich of a match, you got a call. He did his best to make it memorable, and he did. Oh, he he. I don't know if he needed to be there to make it memorable, but yeah, that line definitely stuck with me. So he's doing something right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we covered uh, you know a ton of great announcers, some pretty good, but. What the all-time great, in my opinion, is Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh yeah, and, uh, oh yeah. I mean, I think oh, Bobby so the great. Brain yep. Heenan could have been a professional in anything that he wanted to do. If he uh, wanted he, to be like comedian, an yeah. actor, yeah, yep. a comedian. Exactly. If he wanted to be like the top sales rep in vacuums in the Midwest, he would have been the best. Like he was uh. just so witty, quick, smart. The delivery, the yep. the the creativity and just so original no he was not oh, unlike yeah, he anybody was else yeah he yeah. was great Excellent. yeah it's a, 
he reminds you know, it's like you bob Uecker, the uh brewer announcer he he yeah numerous times he could have spent his entire career in, in hollywood and been successful yeah but he stuck to announcing but that guy just it's i mean hilarious just impromptu hilarious and that oh, was yeah, yeah uh heenan he could just no matter what the situation he had some line or something clever to say head, yep and I loved, I loved both phases. I brought him up a little bit earlier, but, uh, with, but you know, he was the great in the eighties, like villain commentator, but then oh, in, yeah. in, in nitro era, he was really good as sort of the tweener one. And I, I mean, I just, but I love that he carried over, um, his hatred of certain guys like, like Hogan <laughs> and it was right. so great. And it's like, you know, some people in hindsight were, were upset when uh, Hogan came out and like it was, you know, he, he turned out he was going to be the third man for the NWO, but mm-hmm. he came out and everybody thought, you know, they, they, they weren't selling it. Like he was going to come out and help the good guys. Right. But uh, he then yells, but whose side is he on? And it's like, in hindsight, yep. it was like yeah, a spo- he gave it away. In hindsight, it was, <laughs> yeah, he gave like, it away. But two things, I, but you're not, I, I, don't, no, I don't know that he actually knew in advance because they often didn't tell the announcers in advance oh, okay. and two he was playing the character of bobby heenan perfectly that he would he never had a good thing to say about hogan why would he trust them in a moment like that yeah so it's like I, th- I thought it was i thought it was right on for heenan but it, but it does feel when you watch it like he totally spoiled the moment mm-hmm. yeah. i agree and so around the same time as bobby the brain heenan um and steve you mentioned gorilla monsoon i know yeah. earlier um Gorilla Monsoon was definitely the voice of, well, I shouldn't say my childhood, but when I first saw wrestling um, in the early 90s, Gorilla Monsoon was the lead commentator. And I almost forgot what his commentary was like. Um, Last night, I put on WWE Network and started watching some of the Macho Man's best matches. And one of the matches is the Mega Powers match between Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan. And such a great match because gorilla monsoon and jesse ventura was the other commentator yeah they do such a good job playing off each other um but gorilla monsoon just talks about the guys you know very loosely like he knows who they are you know he knows who they are um but he sort of dropped the floor out kind of like vince mcmahon would kind of like mike was describing earlier because he'd be like oh and here comes hogan around the ring and savage coming up behind him handful of hair like he would always reference the handful of hair every time somebody would grab the back of the other guy's head, like every time. And because, you know, I watched probably three or four matches. And so these happened over the course of, I would say three or four years. And that line just stuck with him. Every time somebody would grab somebody by the hair, didn't matter what tone gorilla monsoon has, if he was upset, if he was happy, if he was loving the match, handful of hair, like every time. <laughs> funny. Yeah. I love Gorilla's Jesse great. and gorilla. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jesse. Yeah, I just love this deep voice, like, oh, Gorilla, you don't know what you're talking about. And <laughs> yeah, Jesse, Jesse was great. Uh, yeah, he's underrated. I mean, just, totally. he had his acting, like, he was on a high. He had the fashion. He had, like, the total package. Everything. He was, like, the first real Cocky. awesome he- yep. heel heel announcer. Yeah. Yep. And, um uh, and then just those, uh, I wanted to mention before we got too far away from Heenan, those gorilla and Heenan uh, vignettes that they would shoot and they would go, oh, oh yeah, wow. oh, yeah. God, or, those were just priceless. We've talked about it on the show before that show, Prime, uh, Primetime, yeah. where they were in mm-hmm. the where they, where they were at the so, table yeah. together and then they cut yep. to matches. Just some of the antics between the two of them are just um, priceless. It's hilarious yeah. comedy. Hilarious. If you want, if you want to get yourself a, like, just if you're a glutton for uh, for sadness and you want to get a little tear in your eye, go on the WWE Network and find the Nitro where uh, um, Heenan says farewell after Monsoon passed away. I don't Damn, remember what episode is, but All but right. go find that. Yes, yeah, he gives them, and then, and then he gives like a little send off, and then they, you know, Shivani cuts to like start talking about the next thing, and you can just see like Heenan kind of break down, and they have to go on from it. But uh, yeah, I mean, just to show what those two meant to each other. Sorry, I yeah. killed the vibe there. No, 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 no I, not I, at all. I, see that. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing with announcing, like the chemistry is what I'm makes Googling it right now. We, yep, we've seen. You know, we've seen uh, announcing teams that just are like oil and water, and they can't they can't get it to click. I mean, when it clicks, that's what really makes wrestling because you know wrestling is mainly for TV, I believe, and um, they just they just were so good. 
And I, I want to go back and watch those because when I was a little kid, I just thought it was like the greatest thing when they were like going through the zoo and, and, yes. like, and like Keenan is just coming up with this, this routine, like these one-liners just right off the hip, like against like a giraffe or a zebra and gorilla, like it was and they're in safari suits and all that. <laughs> And it just it had to be it had to be a massive effort for guys like uh, Gorilla and that to keep a straight face. Oh, what are those old comedians? Ah, uh, oh, gosh, I can't think of the name. I mean, I wasn't really alive, but you know, like those tandems. I mean, I, when I think of Laurel when I think Hardy, of Costello and Hardy, Abbott and Costello, yep, that's yeah, what I was thinking yeah. of. They were kind of like that for wrestling, but like Heenan reminds me of like Don Rickles. He was so good. I think Don <laughs> Rickles is one of the funniest guys of all time. Oh yeah, but, man. And when Heenan passed away, I mean, he slowly kind of deteriorated. He he was in pretty rough shape. He was still oh, going to he was in rough. Cons. Yeah, yep. he had that like reconstructed jaw. And, yeah, but I guess he still had he his, his humor. He just couldn't yeah. communicate. Yeah, exactly. Yep. He would still go to those wrestle cons and give the fans like you know the Bobby the Brain Heenan thrill and the interaction. But his body was just like shriveling up. And yeah, that's a if that's Heenan. another documentary you might want to go to on uh wwe network and see is the bobby the brain heenan documentary it's pretty great. honestly like if you take all okay like to take this a step higher than what you just you know the whole topic today is announcers but if you just take personalities in wrestling like not just wrestlers not just announcers bobby the brain like may well top that list too like i mean there was some, i mean he was a he, he was a wrestler he was a manager he was an announcer and right. good at every one of them. Like yep. that dude was just like the, the 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 Renaissance man of wrestling. Yeah, we're gonna get to a manager's episode <laughs> at some point in the show. Um, yeah. but yeah, he's well, definitely gonna be high on Spoil that list as well. Easily, easily the best in my opinion. No, but we'll spoiler cross that alert. bridge later. Frenchie What's Martin that? was Frenchie Martin was the best of all time. Everybody knows that. Oh. Man. <laughs> man. <laughs> Sorry, I went I went way obscure there, didn't Wait, I? Who? <laughs> he he managed Dino Bravo. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. So, <laughs> look him up. Okay, I, I did. I missed before. it. I missed his work. I, I missed it before, but now I killed the conversation. Well, I mean, if you if you, really want, <laughs> if you really want to talk the best of all time, we're talking slick. Yeah, the, the doctor of style. <laughs> yep. I love the slickster. Well, let's let's save that for the manager's episode. Yeah, but that's you know, just I, a little I, teaser. <laughs> I yep. think even the greatest wrestlers, like Greg the Hammer Valentine, needed mm -hmm. announcers to tell this to put the music to their you know to yep. their oh, masterpieces. Yeah. Yep, and that's even. Well, just think of all the monumental calls, like "My God, they killed him!" Like when mankind yeah. gets thrown off the top of the Hell in the Cell, and just uh, yeah. everybody can recite them. It's just such a big thing, just like in a normal sport. Uh, you know, when there's a big call, like, uh, like, do you believe in miracles? L. Michaels for the miracle on ice. Wrestling uh, announcers can still give you that same feeling. And it's like their job. They're looking for oh, that. It's like gold. Hulk Hogan has betrayed WCW. You know, like that line from Heenan at that, like that fateful night. It's like, you, you remember those lines, like half of what JR said. I mean, all like those, yeah, the Attitude Era, was a big deal ratings and everything, but it wouldn't have been as big without in, in the hands of lesser announcers. Truly. So all that being said, if you guys had to pick one commentator, cause we've thrown around a lot of names tonight, who would be your number one pick? I already, I already said, said mine. I got a uh, Heenan as mine. I said Shivani and I'll stick with it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to stick with JR. I think. Just yeah. Same here. I'm JR. Cause I've, I'm JR. Because it was, he's so good. I'm trying to think of who else, but it have to for me. It have to be Jr. I, I figured Charlie was a Mike Adamly guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we didn't even talk about Matt Stryker. How's that possible? Yeah, yeah. One announcer we forgot that you know he didn't do it a lot, but Cornette was good too. Yeah, I did. Cornette was pretty good. Paul Paul E was good on WCW. Paul E was good. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's yeah, true. I forgot about Paul E. Dangerously. Yep. yep. So many have done it and tried. So few have been honestly well, successful and be so many have time. failed. And, and you know, it's not a, I think, you know, 
it's not a sure thing for a great wrestler to be a good announcer either. And I think yep. two examples that come to mind are Macho Man tried it for a while. Yeah. Oh, did he? Just, and, he was, and he wasn't great. And, and Piper wasn't great. And, you know, Piper's no. one of the best talkers of all time. But, but announcing, it was, I wouldn't say, was his strength. Yeah. Yeah, that's Who true. Was, I forgot about Piper did it for a while, too. Yeah. Who was that British guy way back when, when I brought him Lord up? Lord Alfred uh, Hayes? Yeah. yeah. Lord Alfred, yeah. He was really great. Him that and, gave it like Gorilla? a world, a, like a worldly field when they say the worldwide world of promotional, oh, yeah. cons- promotional consideration Promotion paid for by the following. Yep, that <laughs> was great, dude. That was great. Coaching yeah, Wild it, Musk. Yep. <laughs> it made it sophisticated. <laughs> that yeah, was before too, and if you think about it too, that was before they had really heel announcers because they both were. It was him and Gorilla. They're both straight guys, you know. They weren't yeah. playing characters. I mean, Lord Alfred played the prissy kind of character, but you know, he wasn't a heel. No, it wasn't a heel, which is funny too because I, I mean, this takes me back, but few. I didn't realize Gorilla Monsoon was a heel in his wrestling career. My so dad was Lord Alfred it. Hayes. Yeah, I had no. I didn't even know. See, I didn't even know yeah. about Lord Alfred. But yeah, they were both heels, and their and their uh, wrestling career. They played good guy straight men. And announcing, which is kind of funny, you know. <laughs> the tangled web yeah, wrestling so it's, it's so interesting, like, you know. Well, well, so interesting. Just, you know, we could go all night, but but what about the great Don West? <laughs> you should have – oh, you TNA. were – you, me and you were at uh, All Out when he was – I bought – hus- When he was hustling product. Him, yeah, yeah we, we bought those things, yeah. He was hustling product, dude. I feel like anytime you hear an obscure name, you get Stephen Charlie just laughing hysterically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Don West did many, many years of yep. uh, TNA announcing. Yep. yep. On a side note, I would highly recommend Steve. Steve made the call, but I highly recommend doing like the the gold package at one of those uh, shows. That was a like the Russell kind kind of thing. It was really. Oh, Starcast. Cool. Yeah, Starcast was Yeah, fun. we got to, if we got like fun. front row to see like yeah, Malenko and a bunch of guys. Everything's getting yeah. back to normal and it, it looks good. I highly recommend that. I, I'll, I'll definitely do it again. No, me too. Yep. Well, hopefully we get sponsored uh, for our podcast and we can have some uh, laminates and, uh, you know, we'd be down there for business. Yep. We can It'll get out, there. We can, we can interview MJF and have them play heel on us <laughs> oh my god i mean i think mjf is gonna be in like that heat in vain as far as entertainment goes like yep. i feel like they just need to give him his own show and I was, wow i was attempting to explain them because my wife was in the room a couple weeks ago when AEW was on and she instantly had an aversion to uh to mjf which again i think is you know signs That's of a great thing. deal when yep. when some casual person's watching it and they can't stand him but then yep. i i told her about the whole thing where he made fun of the the, the kid in the wheelchair and she yep. no matter how like i that. could no matter how much i tried to explain that the kid probably even liked it because he was an mjf fan oh she yeah was, she was not impressed <laughs> That's, uh, and real quick too speaking of um that 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 promo him and uh jericho did at the beginning of AEW was great oh yeah that's loser that was yeah. great but both put each other over and they're like loser they walk away. <laughs> they've yeah, done that you know they they've done that here and there and it's yeah. like those two have a great it's chemistry great. it's great jericho i mean we, we get that all the time but jericho's just he's just been killing it the last few years even, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he's been killing AEW, but even the stuff when he was over in New Japan, you know, he, he's just been, just been killing it, man. That guy is just, I mean, we all know he's got it, but boy, he's, he's going to be up there with the greats sometime with the stuff he's been doing, man. It's just hilarious. Yeah. And let's not forget it's who great. was standing between Jericho and Ma- or MJF during Tony. that promo. Yep, there you go, Tony. Tony. Sold it perfectly. Greatest of all time. Yeah, uh, I think this is a cue for Mike to make his weekly uh, reference to bloated Jericho. No, I'm gonna leave Jericho alone. Uh, you gotta, you can, you don't want it to get stale, you know, as we've seen by some of yep. these uh, announcers using their material too much. But Jericho's bloated, honey baked ham body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh I'm glad. That's gonna I'm stay. glad you didn't go into it to this week. Yeah, that's a good call. 
I think what I love and what I love about him too though is uh he constantly wears no shirt, so it's just yes. awesome. It's just awesome, dude. He like and had it, that seeing that sport going on, no shirt on. It's just crazy. When he came out in that the Canadian blazer with the Canadian yeah. flags on it, oh my with no shirt in his little yeah, it's just, it's just hilarious, it's just man. so damn funny. Oh, it's great. Out of that, it's actually uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine disguised as Chris Jericho. Could hmm. be, man. Could be. You Honestly, know, there's one they... way to find out. We could get him on Cameo and ask him. We'll we could. See. How, much, uh, I wonder how much he charges for that? 100 we we do our research here at Keep the K Fabe yeah, when it yeah. comes to Greg the Hammer Valentine. I just I just oh, got my I just got my first cameo, so uh, yeah, I'm like oh, I was in there. Well, I did it. Uh, a friend of mine got married and is a big Star Trek fan, and I got the guy who plays Riker in Star Trek on there. And okay. uh, yeah, it was how much nice. was that? It was, it was a lot. Oh really? Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> he knows. He knows he can get you geeks to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know who you are, because because my that friend yep. of mine's a listener, so you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Just the cheaper, the better, in my opinion. Yeah. So, Mike, we we might need you to take us home here now that we're talking about cameo. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a good one. That was a good one tonight, boys. Way to work a uh, wrestling wrestling phrase in there take us home i like that mike take us home (laughs) that's awesome well we really appreciate you all uh subscribing and uh make sure you follow our instagram page keep the kayfabe for uh new announcements greg the hammer valentine memes and everything fun about wrestling so uh i'm mike and these are my buddies charlie steve and matt Wish you so long and have a great rest of your week, gang. All my friends, they're